Bob Thomas with Club and Resort Business, and welcome to another episode of Club and Resort Talks. Today's podcast is sponsored by Fromuth Racket Sports. Having thrived in the wholesale racket sports industry for more than 50 years, Fromuth has established strong partnerships and renowned brands and organizations. If you are fortunate enough to be involved in the racket sports business, Fromuth would be honored to collaborate with you as your trusted partner. Experience the Fromuth difference today and elevate your racket sports, running, and fitness endeavors with unparalleled products and services. Learn more at FromuthTennis.com. Now that we've got that out of the way, let me introduce you to Phil Karen, our senior editor. Phil, how's it going? I'm doing well, Rob. How are you? Wonderful. What are no complaints at all? We got falls Great. upon us. Yes. So what else are you seeing in the news? Well, I should, I was going to start with mentioning my uh, visit to the club to a club last week, uh, Portage Country Club in Akron, Ohio. Uh, they hosted the PGA Hope Cup, and uh, PGA Hope uh, is a program is the flagship military program of PGA Reach, which is a charitable foundation of PGA of America. And PGA Hope Hope is actually an acronym in that name, uh, which stands for Helping Our Patriots Everywhere. Uh, and PGA Hope is provides golf instruction to veterans and active duty military service members with the goal being of, you know, improving their mental, social and emotional well-being. And uh, I actually visited one of the clinics earlier in the summer out at Windmill Lakes uh, Golf Course. And here in, at late September, Portage Country Club uh, was fortunate enough to host the PGA Hope Cup, which was a nine hole scramble that featured uh, 10 teams, each had four military veterans and then a um, Northeast Ohio uh, golf professional with them as well. It actually would have been the golf pro that worked with them uh, at their program here earlier in the summer. So they competed in the event. Um, I think everybody had a great time. I was out there to take video, talk to some folks. I know Portage Country Club uh, was excited to host the event. I talked to their COO, uh, Joseph Moore, also the head pro, Adam Lewicki, they were both excited to do it. They were actually kind of pinch hitting on it. There was, it was actually supposed to be at a different um, course in Northeast Ohio. And we had, it was supposed to be late August and um, we had a heavy storm overnight. And the next morning was supposed to happen then. And it, they had to cancel uh, at a different location. So they checked in with Portage Country Club and they were able to host it. And it was an excellent event. I've had, I have some video up there on Club and Resort business.com and i think they're hoping again to host it I'm, I'm assuming it'll probably be hosted at a different venue next year and uh more more of the clinics happening next spring and summer as well it's an excellent program to uh, help out veterans and uh, military service members and the clubs are doing a great job of being involved with uh supporting that effort fantastic you got to meet my buddy uh barry friedman from oh, yes. uh, Valley of the Eagles. It's a Troon property out in Elyria, Ohio. Super yes. good guy and a good golfer. I, I played with him before at his course, and uh, it's wonderful. Uh, check out the video, like Phil said. It's on clubresortbusiness.com. Go to the resources tab, pull it down, and you can just go to videos, or you can search uh, PGA Hope, and uh, it'll be on the website. It's also on our YouTube channel, so check that out as well. Uh, if you happen to be watching this on YouTube, you're already there, so uh, give it a look. What else is going on, Phil? Well, we had um, also one thing to mention as well. I had, my um, we just finished our October issue of Club and Resort 
business and my column. Actually, I mentioned the PGA Hope uh, program in there because I was doing a column just kind of talking about a theme of clubs doing various efforts to help out uh, charitable causes. And it was good timing because this week, one of our stories on the website, uh, which actually didn't get a chance to put in the column, uh, talked about speaking of that, speaking of Truon, Truon affiliated uh, golf properties um, are flying pink checkered flags on their 18th greens to raise awareness about breast cancer uh, and to support play for pink. In that case, pink's also an acronym this time for prevention, immediate diagnosis, new technology, knowledge, um, and also other breast cancer charity organizations. Contra Costa Country Club in Pleasant Hill, California, uh, I guess already had a fundraising tournament early September, uh, raised more than $55,000 for breast cancer research and awareness. So a lot of good stuff about clubs helping out uh, different charitable causes around the country. You know, these, um, the private club industry, you think of people who belong to country clubs. And I know uh, Brooks Kepiga was just in the news for, uh, you know, saying F the country club kids talking about right. the PGA tour players. And uh, sometimes country club members get a bad rap for just being exclusive and elite, but uh, really not only the members, as you see you with, with the true members, these are like a lot of member organized committees. But uh, the the clubs themselves and the management companies really put a lot of time and effort to giving back to the community. In fact, uh, our October feature is on the Riviera Club in uh, Indianapolis, Indiana. Uh, it's a it's a great swim swim and tennis club. But uh, the Olympians have come out of there. It's 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 a wonderful cause. But the the Riviera Club Foundation is the real news with that club is they. Um, their goal, their mission is to uh, to end drownings. Unintentional drownings mm -hmm. is the official term. I guess mm -hmm. you know intentional drownings are um, a little nefarious. So let's that's a different category altogether. But uh, so they they uh, work with some local uh, clubs and organizations to to bring in people from the community. Uh, I think the second most um, the second largest cause of, of adolescent deaths is drowning uh mm. so they want to teach everybody to swim um and it's something like it's a, you know it's a private club uh it's paid to belong there it's it's a you know they have wonderful operation food and beverages off the charts but they really really give them back to the community so you know congrats to the rivy they call it congrats mm. to true contra costa all the clubs that are involved in these these situations well, you know, on the swimming, that's interesting. It's great to hear that with that club because I know when I, early in my time with Club Resort Business, I was interested in trying to find out about whether any clubs were involved with, well, this very type of effort that you just described. And I, I unfortunately didn't find a lot. I didn't spend a lot of time researching it, but I was curious about it because indeed it is, um, I mean, swimming, of course, is a lot of fun for everybody, but let's face it, it's a, obviously it's a, a skill that can, that can save your life as well uh so it's an essential even if it's something that you're not you know i never did swimming competitively myself but it, it was obviously important to my parents and my sister and i learned to swim uh because they recognized the the importance of it uh in a lot of situations and it's great to see a club and i, I would hope more clubs would maybe follow their lead on trying to do this type of thing as well because yeah it's such a a drowning such a, tr a tragic thing and but the thing is too it's, it's such a preventable thing too if people are being proactive and initiating kind of programs like we're seeing there in indianapolis yeah well so many of these clubs have pools 
Um, mm -hmm. They're not always in use. They are in use an awful lot because of the competitive swim programs. But uh, when they're not in use, it'd be great to to knock off an hour of uh, member time to um, to bring in the community, teach these kids or, or young adults how to how to swim. And not only that, but uh, CPR. I know some clubs, yep. some clubs are also involved in um, CPR training, which, uh, you know, God forbid somebody does drown. Somebody does have a, a, a medical emergency around the pool. Uh, they can really do go the long way to um, to help in the situation. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Anything else going on, Phil? Only thing else I wanted to mention was we now, uh, now that we've put the October issue of Club Resort Business to bed, we have now upcoming for November, uh, we have uh, the top ranked pro shops program is happening and submissions can be uh, submitted here up until October 13th. Uh, so we'll look forward to seeing what people, uh, what clubs have to show, what they have to offer uh, in terms of the pro shops here. Looking forward to that. We had a month off from doing the top rank program last month, but uh, we'll be back to it here with the November issue. Hey, get on it. I've, I've seen some wonderful pro shops out there uh, mm -hmm. and I know they're out there. I know there's people who are very, very proud of the work they put into the pro shops. I'd love to see it. Um, let us, let us know. Do a, you know, do a, sh a shout out and uh, get your club's recognition, huh? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm sure there are plenty of them out there that are worthy of recognition, including ones that haven't uh, submitted before. So highly encourage people to do that at uh, clubandresortbusiness.com. Hey, en enough of you and I. Um, let's get to our guest. Can you give us a little brief intro into uh, who you spoke to and what you spoke about? Sure. You know, on this show, we've talked uh, many times about the different, uh, about how clubs, uh, country clubs, resorts, golf clubs are trying to do more to provide uh, members, guests with uh, new types of entry points to the game of golf, right? So we've been seeing that quite a bit. Um, putting courses is one that's cropped up now. We're seeing more of that happening. Um and I had an opportunity to speak with uh, two gentlemen from the country club at Castle Pines in uh, Castle Rock, Colorado, about an hour south of Boulder. And they, just in these last few years, they did build a putting course uh, that's called the Craigs, which actually they'll explain on there what, what the, what's behind that name. Mark Lewicki, uh, the director of sales and marketing at the country club at Castle Pines and Lance Lauer, um, director of agronomy at the country club at castle pines uh spoke with me about the why they decided to build the putting course um talked about some of the details of the design which are really pretty cool um kind of very unique and innovative and also how members have responded so far i will tell you, i will give away one little thing about it uh, which i didn't really realize that much in talking about putting courses they did talk about the fact that the putting course is truly for for fun, for a social occasion. It's not intended as a, uh, a warm-up for uh, heading out on the golf course. So I thought that was interesting. Uh, but I don't want to steal their thunder any, any more than that, other than to say it was a great conversation. Enjoyed talking with both gentlemen. And um, I, they're excited about it too, because I think they feel like they're kind of the only game in town out there with the putting course. And they're kind of taking the lead on that. And they think it's uh, going to be helpful in growing membership. All right. Terrific, Phil. Let's get to it. 
Welcome to another installment of Club and Resort Talks. I'm Phil Karen, Senior Editor of Club and Resort Business. I've been with Club and Resort Business now for about a year and a half. And during that time, we've reported on various efforts to offer different types of entry points to the game of golf. One entry point that we've started to see country clubs offer more or offer more often, that is, are putting courses. My guests today on Club and Resort Talks work at a club in Colorado that has a putting course. And we're going to talk about that putting course, why it was built, how it's been received by members, and what the kind of larger trend means for uh, the club and resort industry. Joining me are Mark Lewicki, Director of Sales and Marketing at the Country Club at Castle Pines in Castle Rock, Colorado, and Lance Lauer, Director of Agronomy at the Country Club at Castle Pines. Mark and Lance, welcome to Club and Resort Talks. Good to be Thank here. You. And before before we get into the putting course that is offered at your club, uh, can you one of you share sort of a brief overview of the of the golf course you offer at the Country Club at Castle Pines? Uh, the Country Club at Castle Pines was built in 1986. It's a Jack Nicklaus signature design. Um, yeah, it's it's a unique course um, where I can't say where they were in the mountains, but but you get the mountain feel. Um, there's elevation change of about 600 feet um, from from top to bottom up here at the clubhouse to the lowest point on the golf course. So um, it provides you know unique challenges and and definitely unique views um, that you don't get everywhere here in the metro area. Very good. Um, talk a little bit then. I know that you have a putting course there that's um, was finished a few years ago. What? led up to what was the reason behind deciding to construct a putting course at your facility? Yeah. Um, the members here for years, uh, had wanted, uh, originally to do more of like a punch bowl style, uh, putting green at the time. Um, we did not actually own the land that was directly behind our clubhouse. And so it was pretty much scrub, scrub Oak rock, uh, you know, uh, whatever was on that cliff top behind the clubhouse was, was pretty look at, but obviously we didn't own it at the time. Uh, and in the middle of our, uh, expansion project that we just completed last year, um, one of the things that we were able to do was actually acquire that land, uh, in that process, which left us with pretty much a little bit over an acre of space that was directly behind the clubhouse and they wasted no time um, tearing out all that scrub oak and seeing what was back there um, to take what was originally supposed to be a small punch bowl style green uh, off our locker room space um, that quickly became a full acre on a cliff with hundreds of feet of elevation drop down to number eight and number nine and number 18 down below us because we sit at the highest point here pretty much in South Denver and we are literally on the top of a cliff. Oh, wow. Okay. And then can you kind of take us to the timeline of when the, when the project began, when it was finished, kind of the different steps that happened along the way? Uh, we started the project in, in late November, um, early December, 2019. Um, that's when we started clearing the scrub oak behind the clubhouse and, and kind of trying to just get our, a better feel of, of what it all looked like without the scrub oak there. Um, that, that stuff gets pretty tall and, and you can't see um, 
the features, I guess, that are that are existing underneath of it. So once we got all that cleared out, it, it really expanded into to what it is now. Um, and um, throughout the process, there was a removal of, of large rocks and bringing in lots of lots of uh, soil um, to to use and, and shape with. Um, and and then in in July of two thousand seventeen or twenty twenty, excuse me. Um, was when when we seeded uh, the green itself, and then it opened in September, so of that same year. And then, can you tell us what type of uh, feedback you got from members when it was first built, and then, and then even today, what the feedback is from members? Yeah, absolutely. Um, originally, uh, the course itself was predominantly, obviously, uh, designed and developed for our golf membership, so uh, it was an extension of of what they did. Uh, not designed to be part of the practice facility, but more to be part of the entertainment aspect of, of what they do. So uh, whether that's events and activities connected to their major tournaments, you know, the member member, the member guest tournament, um, or it's just to take a guest out back and uh, be able to go have some fun. Um, it definitely is a different experience. Uh, it's got a lot of elevation change. Uh, it has speeds that run different than, uh, the main putting greens on the course, even though it's the identical construction, uh, if we kept it at the course speeds, we would never keep a ball on it. But uh, the feedback has been phenomenal. Uh, everything from small groups of guys that just like to go and entertain their guests or some of our ladies uh, when they have guests out, uh, or if it's part of one of our larger events that obviously we're going to have anywhere from 75 to 100 people out there at any given time. So. And then tell me, Mark, is the uh, putting course uh, available to all members right now? Uh, it is now. Originally, obviously, being a private member-owned club, uh, our golf members were the ones that uh, conceived of the idea and constructed it. So really, the first year to two years of usage, we wanted to get a feel for what was what was really uh, going to be like uh, with their use of it, their experiences with it. But uh, now that we've been in two full operating seasons with it, um, the board of directors here made the decision to uh, allow any member, whether it's a social member or a golf member, uh, to be out there to entertain friends, guests. Uh, and uh, we actually hold lots of different types of activities and events out there. We've got a nighttime glow golf event coming up in about a month. Uh, you know, where any member could come out and enjoy it on those large scale club events that we do. And I'm curious, so of the members who are using the putting course on a regular basis, any, I realize maybe I'm just asking for a guess here, any guess on what percentage are um, people who are either non-golfers or perhaps newcomers to the game of golf? Yeah, there's, there's some of that. I think what I found is, is that uh, not so much from like a practice standpoint, I want to get better at golf so then I can become a golf member, but more people that are recreational golfers that wouldn't necessarily purchase a golf membership really enjoy it. Uh, and then obviously from an entertainment standpoint, the beautiful thing, Lance changes the routing pretty much every week. So it's a new course every week. And so it keeps that whole diversity and change going where 
uh, somebody can come out and, and experience it on their own. So um, the majority of usage is really our golf members connected to a lot of the stuff that we they do. But the social aspect of it's growing, especially the more events that we produce for the membership out there. They're obviously revenue drivers, those types of things, uh, you know, cocktail service and uh, music throughout the course. So there's a lot that gets added to that experience uh, because it's really an extension of the clubhouse. Right, right. I see. What and let's talk a little bit more about the course itself. Um, first of all, where does the name the the Crags come from? Can one of you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, the Crags literally comes from the land that it sits on. Uh, you know, we went round and round for for months on end as to what do we call this thing, and uh, you know, uh, when you look at that cliff line and you started to pull all of the material off of it. Uh, you know, the beautiful thing is, is what you saw was a whole series of rock crags that line that cliff. And that's exactly what a crag is. It's a it's a steep, rugged rock or cliff. And that's exactly what it is. So uh, the name kind of picked itself yeah. <laughs> and uh, and it stuck. So, of course, we've accentuated it since then and do lots of things around the name. Uh, but it's just one of the most unique things that testifies to literally where it sits. It's it's hundreds of feet above the course below, and uh, it it's on this ruck, rugged rock, crag line cliff. So, okay. And speaking of unique, can talk a little bit about the unique features that this putting course has. Maybe that set it apart from others. Yeah. Uh, it's it's I guess the the initial inspiration for it came from. Uh, Sitwell Golf Club, the the twelfth hole. Uh, if you've seen an old picture of that, um, that that was the inspiration of the crag. So it's mm -hmm. it's severely undulated um, putting green. Um, there's upwards of twenty percent slope on on some areas. Um, green speeds again are 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 slow um, in order to just keep the ball on on the putting surface. Um, they don't roll any more than an eight, honestly. So it's it's very old school in in that aspect. Um, but it's it was meant to to be fun i guess that that's the biggest thing is is i and i think mark alluded to it a little bit is is golfers don't go back there to to practice the game at all it's it's more of a it's more of a social thing it's it's after dinner you go out with with some drinks and 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 you slap the ball around and and you know wager a little money if that's if that's the case and and it, it's it's all it's all in fun is what it is it's definitely not meant for practice um believe me it'd be if you went out there and practiced on that green and then went out on the golf course you you would you would suffer miserably i'm sure so, um, <laughs> yeah I actually make a joke of that on our tours as I said, hey, listen, you know, if you have a guest that comes to the club and you really want to have a competitive advantage, take them out to the crags before you play. Uh, <laughs> if you really want to have an experience where obviously it's truly all about the golf, bring them out afterwards because uh, it'll definitely mess with your head compared yeah. to what we have out on the course. So to to continue with that, I guess, um, you know, it's, it is a bent grass green. Um, there are what four different islands within the green um two of them are are have trees in them one of them has scrub oak in it um and then and then the third is just kind of a rock uh outcropping i guess within the island and and in that island we have uh what we refer to as the crags beacon um it was built by um actually our equipment managers mm -hmm. um in the winter of 2020 
Um, and then we we installed it in 2021. Um, it stands about 15 feet high. Um, the basket itself is is four feet tall. Um, and we actually we ran a natural gas line to it so we can we can start it like you would a fire pit and uh, this this crags beacon I guess has about a four foot flame on it and it, it lights lights the, the night sky and and you can see it from Castle Rock so it's definitely makes it another unique factor of of the crags itself so that's that's really cool what a what a cool thing to, to add to it um also, I noticed I, or I heard about you know, in watching the, the video that talked about the, the work in constructing the putting course, there are putts that break 40 to 50 feet. Did I hear that right? Yes. <laughs> yes. It's, it's all <laughs> use your imagination when you're out there. It, it, it's, yeah. it's just as fun for us to set it up as it probably is to play, honestly. So um, mm -hmm. you definitely have to get the creative minds and creative juices flowing when when you're out there setting setting it up and and you know how we set it up may not be how a golfer actually plays it um but mm -hmm. that's all in the, the fun and the challenge of it as well too so um there may be a a, a pin and a, a tee box or tee marker um you know on either side of the island and and you have to figure out how to get there using the slopes but but you know it's, it's fair it's playable um but again it's it's mostly just to be fun so Right. And can you, Lance, can you talk a little bit about what you do? Mark was saying you change the routing for the course all the time. How does that work exactly? Can you explain? They know, you know, we're thinking about a normal 18 hole course, people, you know, you change the pin placement right. often and all that. Well, how does, how does that work as far as changing the routing of the putting course? If you can explain that a little bit. The, the way that it's built and, and the slopes, I, I don't know the exact number, but it, it, the, the elevation change on the actual green itself has got to be 40, 50 feet um, from, from yeah. the high side to the low side. So how we like to do it is, is um, you know, the routing always starts. There's, there's a fire pit up near the men's locker room um, that, that's kind of the starting point of, of where hole number one is and, and where the last hole ends. Um, and, and we either work clockwise or counterclockwise kind of around the green um, and, and through those islands um, around the golf course. So that's kind of how we how we change the routing, I guess, per se. So um, some days it might be going downhill um, for the first, you know, half dozen or half hole or half half dozen holes and then and then uphill the rest of the way. And, and the other way, it's it's uphill and, and then back back downhill for the for the, the remaining holes. So um, it's there's a lot of different ways that you can do it. It's, it was meant originally to have 18 holes on it. Um, we have yet to actually put 18 out there. Uh, okay. We hover around the 12 hole mark right now. Um, the longer the holes, you know, I, I know that when, when we do the globe golf, Mark likes to have the, the longer, the longer holes. Um, <laughs> and, and sometimes we'll, we'll end up with nine or 10 holes uh, when we're doing that. So it's all, it, it just, it's, it's very fluid. It, it changes, it changes by the week. Um, and, and going back to to making or keeping it interesting, um, that's the whole aspect of, of changing the cups on a frequent basis is if, if a member and their guests come and eat dinner on a, on a Friday evening, um, we'd like to have a different setup for them, you know, midweek next week. Um, that way they can they can enjoy it again, um, you know. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to get into staffing stuff. So um, <laughs> fair enough. Yeah, if you had proper staff, we, we would ch probably change it honestly, probably three times a week. So. Right. I see what you mean. Sure. No, that's fair enough. Yeah. And I imagine you must enjoy that as uh, 
because it's probably if you're a creative person, you probably enjoy the idea of being able to change up the routing. Um, and really, it sounds like you probably get to do more with that than you would with a standard 18 hole golf course as far as changing things up, because obviously a standard 18 hole golf course, there's an expectation about about fairness and about how it's how things are set up and golfers want things to play fair. But if the point of this is to be fun, we can be we can be I guess take more liberties with it. Maybe that's a good way to say it, right? Absolutely, yeah. You can stretch those limits uh, for sure. So, um, you know, rule of thumb on the golf course is you know the slope around the cup should be no greater than two and a half percent, and you know out there on the crags it can be far greater than that. So, oh, that was something else too, right? So you you're up to it's up to around twenty percent. Did I hear that right on the video? Correct. Yeah. Correct. Okay. There's there's twenty percent grades in in some of the areas there and. And, you know, you utilize those, those slopes and those, those undulations to, to, again, create creative putts that, that some people wouldn't think. So, um, you know, referring to that video, um, there was one putt in that video where, where the cup and the, the, the T marker were no more than probably 20 feet um, from each other, but if you went straight down the hill, there was no way that that ball was going to stop. So you had to, you had to almost turn your back to the cup and, and hit it at a slope um, about 20 feet away from you. And, and it would curve and come back down. And, and I think the ball nestled in right there near the cup with within a couple feet. So. Wow. Cool. Uh, just shift gears a little bit, Mark, do you feel like um, I, before we came on here, you were talking about the fact that, your your club is one of the only games in town that offers this type of an amenity at your at your club so do you feel like that kind of gives you a a competitive advantage over your competitors if you will yeah absolutely um you know for for us uh it just it just adds to the experience you know um for the last couple of years we've been in top 100 uh, clubs in america uh obviously you continue to try to reinvent yourself uh, create new uh, means and avenues and part of the part of the beauty of what has happened here over the last couple of years is a 20 million dollar transformation uh, including 95 percent of the upstairs clubhouse space that directly overlooks that putting green uh, so you know before you used to sit on a terrace patio and um, you'd see scrub oak and then you'd see the mountains in the distance uh, now you see people enjoying themselves on a one acre putting green uh, and it's literally hundreds of feet above the golf course down below. So it, it's opened up the view for the experience in the clubhouse. Uh, it's opened up the experience for the members that are out on the patio. Uh, it, it's one of the best patio experiences in the West uh, and adding the crags just enhanced and, and uh, uh, made that even better. And so for us, yeah, it just, it's that added component of it, it's meant for entertainment uh, as opposed to it's a piece of our practice facility. And that whole aspect has just elevated uh, the whole experience for the entire membership. And it's just spectacular. Excellent. If, if we have, you know, we have club leaders that listen to this podcast, if they're listening today uh, from either of you, what, if they're listening today and are thinking about having a putting course like this at their facility, um, any tips you would offer, any things they things that they should keep in mind? I know we we had the opportunity to present 
uh, the crags, both at Golf Inc.'s conference as well as CMAA when we did all the branding of it. And uh, a lot of the questions that came up from those from GMs and, and obviously owners were, you know, what are the things that you need to be aware of? And uh, obviously you have the agronomy side of things in terms of caring for it every day. Uh, but on the operational side of things, those really were the most important things. So uh, for us, it's how do you service it? Do you have the ability to run cocktail service as opposed to, you know, somebody walking up and down 50 feet of elevation change to go back and get a drink? Uh, you know, how often do you do that? Um, how close is it in, in proximity to your other amenities? Is there an easy place to be able to do that? It'd be a totally different experience if it was, you know, yards and yards away, uh, completely disconnected from everything that we do on an entertainment side, uh, then it would just feel like it's part of the practice facility. So I think those things, you know, it, it's wired for surround sound out there. It's got lights, uh, you know, that do up lighting, um, you know, so our event creation aspect of things is enhanced because of the things that were thought of before and during the construction of the crags. So. I would add too that it's just from a man hour standpoint for the one acre putting green, it takes three hours to mow that uh, walk mowers, two people, uh, about an hour and a half in total. So um, it's, it's a little bit, you know, labor added, I guess, um, you know, on an everyday basis. Um, but that's, that's the only cost factor really. So. Okay. Very good. Some good things for the, for club leaders listening to keep in mind with that. Well, hey, this has been a great discussion. I do have to wrap things up. Mark and Lance, I wish you the best of luck with uh, your work at the club. Uh, thank you for joining me here on Club Resort Talks. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. And for everyone else listening to view more podcasts like this one and to read about all the latest news in the club and resort industry, visit clubandresortbusiness.com. As always, take care, stay well, and have a great day.